Hello there. Uh, today is Tuesday, May 30th, and welcome to Commissioner in the Car. I'm Dustin Zarney, Democratic Elections Commissioner for Onondaga County, and I uh, just wanted to welcome you. Uh, today is the last day for filing independent nominating petitions for running for office. So we're get, starting to get to now uh, the, the almost last uh, way of adding people to the ballot. We actually have, well, three more ways of adding people to the ballot that I'll talk about a little bit later. But this is probably the last of the biggest steps of adding people to the ballot for our general election. Now, what are independent nominating petitions? Independent nominating petitions are petitions that are not assigned to a registered political party or a recognized political party in New York. And uh, people are going around getting signatures of everyday citizens uh, to, uh, you know, just any anybody can sign these petitions. Anybody can be um, running for these petitions. And, uh, and, and so thus it sets up these uh, independent nominating. Now, the intention of something like this was to give people a chance to get on the ballot that uh, we're not part of the two major parties. But what we have seen increasingly done over the last few years is that the Democratic and Republican parties have kind of hijacked the independent nominating petition period to try to add a second line if they didn't get uh, a conservative or working families line or sometimes just adding a name to the ballot. Um, you know, as we've seen, you know, with some of the petitions in the past, we've seen this with upstate jobs. We've seen this with other types of uh, petitions where it, it's not really individuals. It's a group of people walking under the same name. And we've seen it this year as well. The Democrats did this with CNY Neighbors Party, um, where several people uh, walked petitions that didn't get the Working Families endorsement, which is the traditional um cross endorsement of the Democrats or conservative endorsement. And so then they're trying to get a second line on the ballot. We've also seen something kind of weird with the People's First Party, which is the GOP version of the CNY Neighbors. Although a lot of the people that turned in those petitions are um, are not, are not already have a conservative party line. Thus, the People's First Party rolls up to the next uh, party line. If you want to know who filed, you can go to our website on vote.net under filing uh, under filings page, uh, and you can download each day we we're, where we have a filing, we upload uh, a, an Excel or uh, a PDF of uh, an Excel spreadsheet we keep, um, so you can see who filed when and what. Today was the last day for that, although some may come in by mail. And if they come in by mail, uh, they have to come in within the next two days. So uh, some interesting things that I noticed in the filings, and a lot of these filings happened at like 4.30 today. So I haven't really been able to dig into those because at 5 o'clock they all get locked in our ballot room and uh, we can't look at them anymore. And, and usually when they come in at 4.30, we can't even, we don't have time to scan them in. So we'll be scanning them in tomorrow, distributing them, and I'm sure objections will come in uh, over the next nine days, and uh, we'll have hearings on some of these. But 
some interesting things I saw in the in the filings is um, there are some places where this is creating competition where there was not competition before. Again, most of these independent nominating filings are uh, are people trying to get a second line on the ballot, not a first line on the ballot. Uh, but there are some cases where they're, they're trying to get the first line on the ballot. Uh, the Republicans under the People First Party uh, nominated Josh Davis in the 7th County Legislative District and um, um, <laughs> the other Mo, I can't remember, Moses, uh, the other Mo who's running in the 15th County Legislative District, uh, they're running under the People First Party. You may remember that the, the that uh, other Mo in the 15th, um, and I say other Mo because there's Maurice Brown, who's a Democrat running in the primary there. He submitted Republican petitions, but then declined them and now is running not on the Republican line, but running on um, this alternative party line. I mean, this is uh, what Josh Davis is doing as well. And it's kind of, uh, you know, the, and it's kind of smart on the Republican side because in those two districts, uh, the Republicans gerrymandered those districts so bad that they stuffed so many Democrats into those districts that it's really hard for a Republican to win. So they're trying to run on a line that is not the Republican line, even though they have the Republican Party's backing as evidence of them being part of the People's First Party, which are all Republican candidates that have submitted that. So uh, that'll, that'll be interesting. Both of those places did not have Republican opponents on the Republican line for the Democrats that are running, so now they will create competition. In Lafayette, um, a Libertarian Party line uh, is there and uh, the, for supervisor, so that will create competition where the Democrats have yet to put up a candidate. The Democrats have caucus there, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so there are no Democratic candidates as of this moment, so this creates a competition there. And then in the 4th Common Council District inside the city of Syracuse, Hazan Bloodworth submitted petitions. Um, you may remember that he was a Democrat trying to run for the Democratic primary. Unfortunately, he was knocked off the ballot for lack of signatures. Uh, those petitions all uh, came in in the 4th, so if he survives challenges on those, then he will, um, he will be on the general election ballot and, and face off against Bruce Conner or Patrona Jones, whoever wins that primary uh, in June. So there are some places where the independent nominating petitions have created um, competition, and that's good. But again, most of these places are Republicans or Democrats trying to get a second line on the ballot or even a roll-up line. And why do I keep saying roll-up line? Well, the law is that you can have up to two spots on the ballot. Uh, or if, well, the law is you can have as many spots on the ballot for the recognized party. So Democrat, Republican, working families, and conservative. If you get cross-endorsed in all four of those, then you can have all four spots on the ballot. However, uh, if you have at least two of those recognized parties and you do an independent nominating party, then you are not uh, on the ballot. Um, you, you're, you, that name does not get a, second, a third spot. It gets rolled up and it gets uh, put under the listing under conservative, um, you know, or, or working families. Usually 
and, and we add in a oh and we're in people's party or or and uh seeing my neighbors or something like that so and by the way that that case has been tried uh we've had we've had several uh case laws on that most recently involved with us four years ago uh where um county executive ryan mcmahon was cross endorsed by the upstate jobs party even though he had four or five parties because we had independence and reform back then and a whole bunch of others and he wanted it like another spot on the ballot uh that went to court and they lost uh they took the board of elections to court i was part of that lawsuit um and uh you know the law was upheld that uh the that you don't get another line on the ballot the, the law is pretty clear that independent nominatings you only get an extra line on the ballot if you only have one uh, of the recognized political parties. So uh, that's what's happened. Now I've talked about that this is one of the last uh, areas of getting a um, getting on the ballot. Well we have three remaining areas. Usually it'd be only two but this year we have three remaining areas for getting on the ballot. Uh, the most uh, the next big drop of new names getting on the ballot are the caucuses. So almost of our 19 towns, almost all of the Republicans do petitions to get on the ballot. I think there's just a couple of towns that do caucuses. And the, and the reverse is in uh, play for the Democrats. Almost all of the Democrats do caucuses to get on the ballot as opposed to petitions. So caucuses end in July, uh, and once those caucuses end, then we'll get names. I mean, some of these caucuses have been happening all along, and but uh, some of the caucuses are yet to be scheduled. I'm actually attending the two caucuses this week, DeWitt and Salve and Geddes. Well, three caucuses, although Salve and Geddes are happening back-to-back -back, um, for the Democrats. We've had several caucuses already for the Democrats in Cicero and other places, so... They're slowly starting to come in. Uh, usually, those th that paperwork gets turned in as they um, as as they hold their caucuses. Though they can hold that paperwork till the very end, even if they hold their caucuses. So um, we'll see whether the, those places uh, win those places caucus, and that will add a whole bunch of Democrats and a few Republicans to the town ballots for the general election. When you do a caucus, there's no primary. So they don't have to get this done before the June primary. Uh, it's, it's a direct election. The other uh, area, the normal area where we add uh, candidates to ballot are the Supreme Court conventions in August. Um, that's usually the last area uh, to, and, and will be also the last area this year. Although something's gonna happen in between. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but so the Supreme Court conventions add candidates on the Supreme Court ballots. There are no independent nominating for that they have to run on party lines and that happens in august uh first week of august um so uh that is another place where we'll get more candidates no primaries again the conventions are the places where you add the candidates to your party lines there's no primaries there and uh and then they go straight to the general election and the other place when we talked about this uh a couple weeks ago um, is in family court, there are two retiring justices. So that means we will get certificates of substitution, or I'm sorry, certificates of nomination on those two uh, from both of the major parties. They're gonna hold 
uh, conventions and uh, um, nominate the people and and have uh, again no primary there. The parties choose who the nominees are in the party, and they go right to the general election. So that's that third special way, and that'll probably happen sometime at the end of July. Um, depends on when these. Uh, uh, I believe it's July first is their effective dates, or when they're going to be um, retiring, which they announced. And though candidates have started to line up, nothing's official till we get a certificate of nomination in. So uh, that will probably happen after the retirement date sometime in July. Um, so that's what's going on today. Um, we are getting ready for the June primary. Uh, we are also planning on bringing in new voting machines uh, for the... Uh, general election and we're also testing and uh getting ready for the june primary our our voting machines but also deploying full poll prints uh for this primary all 75 polling places that will be open in this primary will have poll prints in every polling place so we're really uh excited uh, a lot of stuff going on this week and next week um and of course next week i'm actually in dc for my issue one um uh, faces of Democracy Advocacy. I'm going to go there uh, on Monday through Thursday. Uh, it's yeah, I've I've been selected by this group. Uh, it's a great honor. I'll go into a little bit more of that uh, later on. I think I'll do a commissioner in car from there on Tuesday. I won't be in a car because I'll be flying in. It'll be my first time flying in like 25 years. Um, I usually drive, as you know, uh, but. Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited about this. We're going to be meeting with national leaders about, and it's a bipartisan group. Uh, we're going to be meeting with national leaders about consistent and yearly funding for elections from the federal government. You know my work in the state government. I'm still continuing on that, but I'm we're, I'm excited to be able to branch out and do this federal advocacy uh, this year. So. Uh, I'm very, I'm very excited about it. So uh, I'll tell you more about that next week. Um, I'm flying in on Monday, but uh, the advocacy starts on Tuesday and Wednesday, and uh, uh, so by Tuesday night I'll have a little bit of an update about that. So that will be my commissioner in a car next week. Uh, I'm getting back on the horse with my regular content this week. Uh, the village of Liverpool uh, will have a Zoom with Zarni uh, about their Democratic candidates. Um, and uh, that'll be coming out on Thursday. And then uh, I'll be doing a, hopefully, get back on my horse about my weekly walk with the Village of North Sarah. I'm sorry, I said Village of Liverpool on Thursday, getting ready for their June elections. And the um, Village of North Syracuse on, uh, on my weekly walk this weekend. Uh, and because their, their uh, elections are going down on Tuesday, June 12th. So we got to really... Um, is it the 12th? It's, it's one of those days. <laughs> I, I believe it's the, uh, the 12th. But uh, uh, no, it's the 13th. I, I, I have to look at the calendar. I don't have it on me. So sorry. But it's a week before the, uh, or two weeks before the, no, it's June 20th. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's right during the middle of early voting is when uh, um, the, these village elections are. So uh, we're also getting ready for that as we uh, prepare for the June 27th primary. So that's all that I got going on. Thank you for tuning in to Commissioner Carr. Uh, we'll see you later this week. Bye-bye.